My experience of confident men included my father and brother. Men so certain of their place in the world, they viewed anyone less certain as inferior, to be used or crushed as circumstances dictated. Not Griffin. His kindness ran deep, and it was what I loved most about him. Well, along with his handsome face and devilish smile, and the way his form filled his tuxedo, I'd had the pleasure of watching him put it on earlier in the evening, and although the tails currently obscured his backside, I could attest to the fit of the trousers beneath. I approached just close enough to pick out Miss Lester's voice from the hum of the crowd. Of course Lady Gravenwald returned, she told Griffin. They always do, you know. He sipped his champagne. I'm not certain what you mean. This town knows who belongs and who does not. Her black eyes glittered like anthracite. Those whom Widdershins claims can never leave for long. I don't believe the Countess intends to return permanently. It hardly matters what she intends. Miss Lester tugged one of her opera gloves higher on her arm. Just as it does not matter whether you believe or not. Facts do not change to suit one's fancy. Now, if you will excuse me, I see someone I wish to avoid. As Miss Lester departed, Griffin met my eye, a grin curving the corners of his mouth. I could not help but return it. Are you enjoying yourself? he asked. Not in the slightest, I confessed. You? He cast a look about the room before answering. It is a bit more rarefied atmosphere than I'm accustomed to. I snorted inelegantly. To be fair, it's better than a family dinner. At least not everyone present is utterly obnoxious. He laughed, green eyes flashing, and it lightened my heart further. I hope I am one of the exceptions. I made a show of considering the matter. Hmm, you can be a bit trying at times. He moved closer. No one else was near, so he lowered his voice and said, I have always been quite happy to try you. It's true. I pretended to observe the nearest painting to hide my blush from the gathering. Griffin had been my lover for close to two years now, yet our flirtation still brought heat easily to my face. We have put in our appearance. Shall we leave? He frowned slightly. No one will miss you. You are one of the guests of honor, after all. I don't give a fig for any of them, although Mr. Endicott had seemed interesting. Besides, everyone here is curious about Guinevere. Most of the old families have remained in Wittershins for generations, and having one of our own relocate to England seems far more exotic here than it would in New York or Newport. So I hear, he murmured, glancing in the direction Miss Lester had gone. How long is your sister visiting? I have no idea, I shrugged. No doubt she will want to visit New York at some point and socialize there. I'd expect her to return to England before Christmas, however, for appearance's sake if nothing else. And not because she misses her husband and child? Griffin asked. I remembered what father had said the sharp line he'd drawn between duty and love. 
One was of great consequence, and the other something frivolous, the sort of thing to be dreamed of by shop girls and readers of bad novels. And me, apparently. She will want to do right by them, I said quietly. Beyond that, I can't say. His eyes crinkled slightly at the corners when he frowned, hinting at the first touch of crow's feet, even though he was only thirty. Then his expression cleared. I've never had a chance to tour the house, he mused. Now it was my turn to frown. I suppose not. You've seen most of the downstairs, though. Still, this seems a good opportunity to see more. I couldn't imagine why he'd want to view the blasted place, but if it got us away from the party, I would agree to it. Of course. Come with me.